Hey there, freedom lovers. This is the Freedom Media Network. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante. Welcome to another episode. And in today's episode, we're going to talk all about the ego. Now, when you hear that word ego, perhaps if you you think of someone who's like egotistical, maybe you think narcissistic or arrogant, but guess what? Someone who has low self-esteem or or what we like to call imposter syndrome, guess what? That person is being pulled along or pushed by their ego as well. We are going to discuss all that and more in today's episode, which features my close friend, Fraser Cameron. He's an epic performance coach from New Zealand. If you've read my book, you know that Fraser was there to give me a kick in the ass to make a fundamental change about four and a half years ago. And we talk about the ego today, about defining your purpose without letting that ego get in the way. I know it's fashionable to say the ego is your enemy, but it's not. The ego is not good or bad, but you got to make the ego your ally. You have to intentionally get the ego on your side, clear out those limiting beliefs. Otherwise, your ego will take those limiting beliefs and beat the crap out of you with them. Now, today's episode is just a short excerpt from a recent workshop we did with Fraser in our Freedom Circle private men's membership group. We have five virtual live events per month, every month in the Freedom Circle designed to help you build freedom holistically, to become more prosperous, to become more purposeful. We've had workshops like today. We've had workshops involved with branding and sales, career growth, but also meditation, breath work, and today is an example of one of those. If you're interested in learning more about the Freedom Circle, go to freedommedianetwork.com. In the top navigation menu, click on Freedom Experiences, then Freedom Circle, learn more about it, or you know what? You can just text me, 928-275-1511, Without further ado, I'm really happy to share today's episode which is really Fraser doing his thing. Fraser is such a dear friend. A few years ago, when we were allowed to travel overseas, uh, Fraser's family and my family, we we met a few times in Europe, France, and in Italy, and had a wonderful time. He's become such a dear friend, but also a mentor. And, uh, you know, I trust Fraser uh, with all my heart. And and likewise, I, I think he feels the same way. Our messages are fully aligned. So I'm happy to share uh, today's episode in which he shares some of his wisdom about kind of getting that ego on your side uh, so that it's aligned with where you want to go and defining your purpose in a way that it's not ego-driven, but it's truly what you want and where you want to go in life. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you. Well, I don't know where to go from there, but thank you very much, Kurt. Um, I greatly appreciate that. But look, the, the, I think for, for me, I was thinking about my journey and how when I first started my journey 10 years ago, how, how my ego was my biggest enemy and how my, my view of ego and what it was, was holding me back and forcing me to, to play small. And, and over the years, I've realized that when we learn how to use it, it can become a really powerful ally, right? When we learn how to turn it on and how to turn it off, it becomes a really powerful ally. And as some of you you know, I've, I've got a, a client that's currently sitting in this room with us. Hi, Richard. It's good to see you um, again. Um, I, I work with men, much like Kurt. I, it, it sort of morphed into the fact that it became only men. I started a, a program working with, with dads, trying to um, help them create more time, more freedom, more joy in their life. 
and it's sort of morphed over time into helping men, um, even though all of them are dads, but it's helping men to to leave the rat race and to create their own freedom their way, right? To do to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it, and with whom. Um, and the reason why ego is so important in that is that it's often the ego that holds us back from having the things that we want. So when I refer to ego, I'm not referring so much to the arrogant side, but more to the self, right? So when we make it all about us. And Kurt, when you and I were chatting about what we're going to talk about today around the, the vision and the purpose, I really want to start with purpose. I want to ask you guys, and feel free to jump in, um, do you guys all have a defined purpose? I'm sure sitting here working with Kurt, you have, but do you all have a defined purpose? Yeah, no, maybe. So what a lot of people do is, Kurt, you and I were both guilty of this in the past. I used to define my purpose as my family, right? My family. I'm here to help and provide for my family and do all that. Can anyone identify any issues with that? It's really ego-driven. It's all about me. It's all about how it impacts me. And the result of that is it makes what we do quite small, right? We end up playing quite small. We end up then, not only does it put a great, I remember actually my dad saying to me when I was younger that he did everything for me, right? That puts so much pressure on me. I've got to go off and make the most of this world because my dad's given up everything just for me, right? And now, funnily enough, he's quite a grumpy 75-year-old man. We don't actually get on particularly well because he's so grumpy because of things he missed out on, right? So it made me realize that having family as a purpose was so incredibly limiting. So I had someone challenge me and go, if you take the ego out of that, if you take the bit that's about you out of it and what you want and what you can achieve and what what is it you would want your purpose to be? And I had no answer. I'm like, I don't know, change the world, you know? be happy, all these other sort of things. And then it, it made me realize how we are driven by how we see ourselves, what our role is in it and what we do. So what if we can take ourselves out of it? What if we can, still using the ego in terms of what we want to see, but asking ourselves, what, what would make the world better? What is an outcome we want to see in the world? And I remember talking to you about this, Kurt, four and a half years ago, when you started to, you got clear on your purpose, and then two weeks later, you'd closed down a, a seven-figure agency and were going on a path that was completely different, but you were suddenly free because it was no longer about the ego. It wasn't about what you could do, but it was about the change that you that you wanted to see in the world, right? So I think for me, realizing that the ego should not be at the center of what we do actually, ironically, allows you to play bigger and make more impact, which appeals to the part of the ego that likes to be important. So there's some real irony in that as well, but the ability to strip it back and to go, what is it? What is it? What impact do I want to see beyond my family, beyond just my little wee fiefdom, my little wee community? What impact do I want to see? What change do I want to see in the world? And that starts to unlock opportunities. That starts to unlock excitement around what it is you can do. And then when the ego comes back and you switch it back on again, and you go, what part do I want to play in that? Right, so I'll give you I'll give you an example. My my purpose is a world where people challenge conventional wisdom and the status quo, and go beyond what they thought possible. That's the outcome I want to see. I want to see a world where people are going, no, I'm going to do it my way, and they're achieving amazing things. Right, 
So my role in that, the ego part of that, is me helping people like Kurt, like Richard, to be able to achieve that in their own world, right? To be able to go, hang on, what do I want that to look like and how do I make it happen? So that's where the ego comes in. That's the bit that I'm good at that I can help. But the cool thing about having a purpose that's not ego-driven is that other people become part of it, right? If my purpose was my family, who else is going to want to be involved in that other than my family? No one, right? But when my purpose is this something bigger, I attract people like two other people in this room to come on that journey with me, right? And so you then end up creating a movement, a, a revolution or an evolution or a Someone called it a cult the other day, and I didn't like that um, connotation at all. But you create a movement towards where everyone is moving to create change and everyone is achieving something. So it suddenly starts to attract other people to you. And the other benefit of it not being ego-driven is when it's about you, you can make excuses. You can get up and go, I can't be bothered today. I'm not going to do anything about it today. But when it's something bigger, when it's about change that you're wanting to do, uh, wanting to create, suddenly the ego comes out of it and you're like, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to create something that's impactful. I'm going to create something that is beyond um, what I can do myself. I'm going to take other people with it. Something else that's the benefit of stripping the ego away is when the ego is involved, Kurt, you can answer this, when the ego is involved, do you see limitations in what you're capable of? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't done it before, if you've never, if you don't know how to do it, you suddenly go, I can't do that right? If you take the ego away and go, right, this is what I want to achieve. How do I go about that? What do I need to do? You're much more likely to come up with an answer, right? If, if you had said to me back in my ego-driven days that I was going to create a movement that was going to change the world, I would have literally laughed at you. Despite the fact the arrogant side of me would have liked to believe that was possible, I wouldn't have known how or where to start. And so when you strip the ego away, you realize it's not just about you but it's actually about the people that you bring around you on the journey. And there's so much more power in that. Um, and I think I was chatting to a guy the other day on, on LinkedIn. Um, he reached out to me and he said, how did you get to where you are? And I said, I stripped the ego out of it. And he goes, what do you mean? He said, and I said, well, tell me about your life. Are you doing exactly what you want to do? And he goes, yes, I provide for my family. And I said, is that all you want to achieve? Is, is that the ultimate achievement for you, just providing for your family? And he goes, it's good enough. Right, And so his ego was saying he's doing a good job, so that's good enough. So he stopped and settled with where he was at. And I remember when I first met him, he told me all these things he wanted to achieve. Right, Or he wanted to create impact. He wanted to. He was introverted. He wanted to be able to enable other introverted people to, to step out there and have confidence. But he stopped doing that because the ego got in the way and he kept his goal so small. Right, And he'd achieved it and he was now settling. And that's what I see so many and we're all men here, so we can say it. So many, and we're probably all middle-aged as well. Uh, apologies if anyone's less than middle-aged and I've put you in that bracket. But if we settle at middle-age, that's a long time left in your life to just cruise along, right? So you settle, the ego goes, this is as good as I'm going to get. This is where I'm at. I've made it now. I've got my family supported. That's it. I, I, was, I was reading, um, you, if you haven't already, go and look up a palliative nurse called Bronnie Ware. Um, I'm pretty sure she's Australian. Um, we won't hold that against her. But she um, she researched the top five regrets of the dying. And the number one regret was essentially, paraphrasing here, living someone else's life. 
doing the things you thought you should do, not the things you wanted to do or not creating the impact you wanted to do, right? And she interviewed all these people. And one of this guy, this guy was blissfully happy. He'd given up his career as a Wall Street banker to do pottery. And he was the only one in this one rest time that she spoke to who was happy. He, he, he was basically broke. He said he didn't make much money in the second half of his life, but he was blissfully happy he did pottery. Everyone else that was there talked about all the things they wanted to do that they never did. Right, so it just shows you like the number one regret is not doing the things that you, you want to do and not living the life you want to do. And the best way to do that is by letting go of that ego, right? And I think, Kurt, you raised the point before, that ego is really useful. You don't want to switch it off all the time. Like it's important, it motivates and it inspires. But when you're thinking big picture, when you're trying to set a holistic direction, you kind of have to let it go. Yeah. You kind of have to take away the 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 self part about it but what is the impact that we want to create in the world i actually think the world's in a shocking state that it is at the moment because there's too many people that are ego driven it's all about them what can they do for them if we actually all thought about what can we do to advance where we're at we probably wouldn't be in the state that we're in 